0: This is the mess and the magic podcast. A space to explore the depth of our human experience. From beauty to heartbreak, confusion to clarity, agitation to breakthrough, heaviness to radiance, and everything in between. Our lives unfold right at that intersection. And that is the very juice that we are here to tap into. I am Andrea, your host, and my intention is to hold this space for the most powerful, truthful, raw, and inspiring conversations. Thank you for the time and energy you bring here today. Welcome. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode. I am so so thrilled to share with you our conversation with this incredible guest today. She is Reverend April Klingmeyer, and ah, you know, you know that moment where you cross paths with someone that feels deeply connected with what you have in your heart. That it's almost as if the paths were meant to cross because the message that you're bringing is so kindred. It has a kindred spirit. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened with me and April. We met each other on Instagram through our dear friend Christy, which has also been on the podcast a couple of times. And it's one of those moments where I had this recognition, where I saw what she was doing and I was like, I want more of these. I want to have conversations with you. I want to share our stories and, and get to know more about how you came about what you're sharing. And she is an interfaith minister. She will talk about that and what that has moved for her and how she came to it. Um, This was very new for me. So if you know nothing about interfaith, uh, that current of understanding, you're welcome here to learn more about it. And the beauty of her message is creativity is spirituality. I love that. That's the name of her podcast that I also got to be a guest on, which um, all the links to that will also be here in the show notes if you want to go and listen to that. Um, But yeah, it is just one of those things that I was like, let's definitely dive into that. So here we are, and she is a beautiful, radiant, compassionate human being. I I was fascinated by her answers and her discernment and the way that she responded the questions that arose for me. And it's a joy. It's a real joy to share this conversation with you. So strap in for some really, really juicy, creative, spiritual, uh, yummy, yummy conversation. We're going to go to the depth of our experience and share from there. Um what we have found. So with that, I want to welcome April.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This Mm. is so exciting.
0: (laughs) Hello. Ah, So, so good. You are the first guest that I have for this season uh, of The Mess and the Magic which is freaking beautiful because I feel this renovated sense of energy every time a season sort of naturally comes itself to an end. That's what I've seen. Like they're not like this amount of episodes or whatnot. It literally just the energy that was there behind seizes. And then there's a period of quietness and then we're back. And the question that I have for my guests for this season, at least. Ah, It's a beautiful riff on the title of the podcast. So I would love to start with you sharing with us what feels messy and what feels magical in your life right now.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, um, I was ordained in July of this year as an interfaith minister. So um, leading up to the ordination ceremony was uh, several days of retreat. And our tutors held space for us pretty much all day during those um, days of retreat. And one of the tutors, every time she opened the space, she would read that Pema Chodron quote about everything falls apart and then Mm. everything comes back together again. And when she said those words, and I had read them before, and I thought, "Oh, yeah, that is that it's up. It really do be like that. Um, but when she said it at that time, in that place, in that context right before ordination, I felt like it was an arrow to my heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like this high that I'm feeling right now in the retreat process prior to ordination, it's like not gonna last. And it is gonna fall apart. it's gonna come down what what goes up must come down. And <laughs> here we are at the end of November, and I am still cleaning up the emotion emes- the emotional residue of what I'm now referring to as a Kundalini awakening that occurred in a in a August of September of this year <laughs> um mm-hmm. because ordination kind of broke me open. And then I went to India like less than a month later for a month to receive treatment, Ayurvedic treatment at an ashram. And never in my life before had I had an entire team of people dedicated to my happiness, health, and well-being before. And for three weeks straight, and it broke me to bits. Mm. It Mm. broke me to bits. And it seems like that's the sort of thing that would put you back together again. And in some ways it did physically speaking, but emotionally speaking, it made me realize all the ways that I had been forced in my life to care for myself Mm -hmm. and how I should go about in my life seeking connections that are more caring and giving to me. And at least in the same way that I try to reciprocate. So, Mm (laughs) um, the prayer for me at that moment was let me just at least get it back together again after it falls apart I feel like I'm finally maybe sort of getting there I'm really I really have high hopes for the holiday season for Yuletide <laughs> the I, darkest day coming yeah. really really soon and the light coming in slowly more and more from there
0: Mm. and before we get into the magical can you tell us a little bit about your ordination and like what does that mean for people that don't understand I also don't fully know because we're very new to each other which is very exciting um but yeah tell me a little bit about what got you there what what is it just give us some background story
1: well I received a calling I want to say it was in 2018 It's really hard to pin down like an exact time because it was sort of a gradual thing, but I received a calling to step into spiritual guidance, Mm -hmm. spiritual leadership. Even I was in training for a particular, um, creative healing method known as creative alchemy by Melissa D'Antoni. And while I was undergoing some karmic alchemy that she was guiding me through, One of the layers of karma was religion. And I grew up in a religion called Church of Christ, where women were not allowed to not only be ordained, but not allowed to talk at all in church, like not allowed to go up to the front and be seen by people at the podium. So there was the only leadership I had in that environment were the women that were peers to my grandmother, friends with my grandmother and friends and peers to my mother who spent a lot of time behind the scenes kind of low key talking about what they would do if they had any position of power in that structure. And they all sounded like really fantastic ideas. So when I received that calling, I knew that I would be entering into taboo space and I needed to be extremely careful about where I received my training and finding the right fit for me so that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be entering into some patriarchal um, ideological,
0: Dogmatic, you know,
1: a t- dogmatic tunnel, a <laughs> tunnel vision for myself and and anyone I serve. And when when the lockdowns happened in 2020, and I had just moved to Ireland from the United States, and had completely lost my life, like my life had been completely sacrificed to make that jump across the sea. Um, I had really kind of nothing going on, no job. I was a mom in a in a house. And a housewife. And to me, for some, that is very fulfilling. For me, it was not. Mm -hmm. I was starting to go back into the art, the process of making art for myself to to heal. And I was uh, achieving some really great insight from that. And I was going to a healer by the name of Sarah as well. And I remember in a conversation with Sarah, telling her about that calling and saying, I don't really know what to do about that. And I was also in conversations with people um, about, uh, uh, there was a woman that entered my life at the time by the name of Gail, who told me about Interfaith Seminary. And I went, Interfaith? See, that's that's a word that I hadn't heard before. Mm. Interfaith? That's something I could get my head around. And I looked into Interfaith Seminaries. One Spirit in the UK was the one that was offering the program that seemed like it was the best fit for me. Mm-hmm. So I went through 2 years of NFA seminary and what that entailed was learning the basics of every world religion and giving us resources for even more religions and belief systems that are out there uh instructing us on how to write ceremonies so that we could give weddings and funerals as a service to mm-hmm. our communities and other uh ceremonies such as rites of passage and um, healing ceremonies And then also another layer of it was counseling. So I became certified as a spiritual counselor through that process. And it really looks exactly the same as clergy looks in any religion that you are familiar with. It's just that I am not limited to the confines of a particular dogma or religion. And I can speak to you with the lexicon that is comfortable for you and how you like to name God and how you like to name Spirit and serve you at the level that you wish to be served spiritually hmm. and using using your words is the most important part of that hmm. using what you bring to the table in terms of the language you want to use around that is the most important part it touches everything from ceremony to counseling to ser- you know to just the, any service that i can offer anybody and most of it's just listening with a hmm. lot of listening So I've donned the cloak, but I haven't changed that much. I really kind of expected it to be kind of like a baptism, maybe even a baptism by fire, which it kind of was, but I'm still me. And I think that's (laughs) kind of the most terrifying part about it is that like, now I've got to step into this role and, and I'm still me. I'm still just me. (laughs) Very humbling.
0: And And how do you feel it's terrifying?
1: Well, I don't look like anybody that held this kind of role in my life. So <laughs> I have to define it from scratch. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm really lucky to have the one spirit community around me. And then there are other interfaith communities out there besides one spirit that are open to that uh, kind of c- communication and community that I seek. Um, really lucky to have been uh, to have gained access to that kind of community. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I think I would be uh, really uh, in a dark path right now trying to define in a vacuum what Mm -hmm. that looks like and um it's daunting as it is even with a really supportive community Mm. to define what that what that is and it's really all about kind of who I serve that gets to define that every day Mm. the Mm. needs of of the people I speak to every day that changes all the time
0: Mm. and wouldn't you agree that sometimes cultivating that flexibility to to really listen I don't know I'm, I don't want to project anything on you but I as I hear you <laughs> saying this it's like wow I get I get why that is challenging you know it's it's also part of my work is like when you are when part of what you be and and do in the world is listening you're literally like tuning into a stream of energy that is constantly changing. Whatever it's like, if it's through a person, through a community, through whatever is the situation. Mm -hmm. And and I think the, the challenge there is to allow yourself to grow into that flexibility enough to hold the part of you that is there to serve and also to hold the part of you that is there to move whatever needs to be moved in that space.
1: Oh, certainly. You you said it so well when you said that it's constantly changing Mm -hmm. because that requires presence. Yeah. It requires conscious presence. And I've had a lot of conversations with my husband lately around this about how life and death look very different to me having received that training. Mm. There's a lot of conversations about life and death in seminary and especially in interface seminary, because you're getting a lot of different concepts thrown at you of what that even means life and death. And my husband and I have come to the agreement through what I've discovered through this process, through what he's discovering through his own process, that life simply means being present and accountable. To be alive is to be present and accountable. And if someone is still very present and accountable in your heart, they're still alive for you, even if they've died. So they're still alive. Mm. And I love telling people about this because it is an idea that seems to be a way of articulating some things that a lot of my own peers are, are working with and mm. their own and their own service to their communities.
0: Wow. I love yeah. that. Thank you yeah. for offering that.
1: Yes. Yeah. I thought I was a good listener before I started seminary. I'm actually, I was actually quite crap. <laughs> At listening, it turns out when I really learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, podcasting has been probably the closest thing being a, being a podcast interviewer myself uh, for my own podcast has been the closest thing I've done to good, true, active listening, because you're asking questions, you're treating your guests with curiosity. And, um, that really is the essence of it. And I thought, so much that I was doing a great job but when it comes to counseling it's really just my job to be very 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 quiet and very still Mm -hmm. which I am not (laughs) in general (laughs) but in counseling I've learned I can be and and I and I truly am as much as I can be yeah
0: fantastic so what feels magical for you we've talked Mm. about the mess and now let's talk about the magic hmm
1: I love being in nature and I know that's almost a cliche, but I have come to have this agreement with nature where I, I feel like it enjoys my observation of it. Mm-hmm. If I'm out there walking the same path every day and meeting the same trees and occasionally encountering the same animals and wildlife, I really feel like there is a benefit that they receive by being observed, and to me, magic is in the observation. And oddly enough, it's the first step in the scientific process, too. Mm-hmm. This observation, and well, it's not the first step, but it's one of the important steps. So, to me, magic is revealed only through conscious presence and observation mm-hmm. over time, and that. I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. I've done it twice. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned from that is that miracles are so very possible. And if we're really sitting in a place of gratitude, they're happening around us all the time. and Everywhere we look, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but it's the truth. Mm. And if I stay present, accountable, conscious, and aware of the fact that miracles are ever present and ever available and ever possible. I don't, I can't see what else magic could be mm. besides that. There's also the stuff that I make and there's also the stuff that I make happen, but I count those among miracles, you know, Yes, <laughs> it requires so much collaboration for the universe at large, if not other people. Right. So if I'm able to make anything or make anything happen, it's a miracle in and of itself. So that I lumped that into the last thing I said for sure. Ah,
0: oh, I love that. I love <laughs> that. In the jinkies, which is one of the the streams that I love and and that is woven through everything that I love contemplating, exploring, inquiring about. Um, magic is defined as what happens when you have a structure and an open mind. Mm-hmm yes so it's like it's that available yeah and we sometimes feel that magic is this like far out thing sort of like supernatural sort of um expression and and yet again not (laughs) Right. right it's so simple and you know in what you were just describing your your walks that's your structure like yeah and what's your inner state if you're in an inner state of openness You'll see it. It will it just speaks volumes, doesn't it?
1: It really does. It really <laughs> does. Oh. I did a lot of studying on um magic and the occult. And mm-hmm. um, prior to seminary, actually, um, I stumbled across a really fascinating book, book and it's something that I wanted to learn more about. So in reading that, I learned about the alchemy process and what alchemy was, of course, was the, uh, the people back, you know, in the middle ages, I believe it was where they were trying to turn um, non-precious metals into precious metals through any process that they could. And and that was the dawn of scientific discovery, like the pre-dawn era of a lot of the scientific discoveries that emerged from all of that. But a lot of the self discovery that those people had encountered, like their own personal spiritual journeys that they mm. underwent in those processes of trying to make something sort of impossible at that level of technology happen. Um, they went through such a spiritual journey. And I, I think that's why I'm so in love with the idea of spirituality and alchemy being considered so similar in mm. the in that lexic in this lexicon that we share and I love the gene keys mm. I love them I can't say that I know as much as say you or, or or our mutual friend Christina but um I love what I've learned so far and it mm. really everything I read is is seems seems like such truth for me
0: oh really it's home yes definitely definitely uh, it's it, it it provide it has provided for my heart such a soft place to land, and to keep my curiosity alive. I think like going back to what we were what you were saying about when you had that reckoning with your religious structures, your internal structures around religion. Um, like dogma is like so available. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, getting dogmatic about something is so freaking available within our human structures like in the way that we operate and yet if we just keep it inside and like decide to you know move into places that are not telling you how that how life is or how it should be or how it should work or what you should follow um either you know either subtly or like very frontal i think it's such a sweet place to go dig in, in and deeper and that's what i've found in the jinkies which is really really sweet It is very sweet. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like taking a turn or yeah, weave us into it, but how did your podcast came about? You have a beautiful podcast called um, creativity, spirituality, right? Am I saying that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. That is creativity. Spirituality is the podcast. It's the mission. It's the movement. It's the ministry. Now that I'm an official minister and, but it's the name of everything that I do. It's, it's an official business in the, in the country of Ireland. And um, Mm -hmm. I really cling to those words as a mantra. They were, they started off as a mantra, just a mantra Mm -hmm. and it's become so much more for me and the podcast itself emerged, it was actually called something else. And it actually was a different, it's a much more um, focused topic. And that was dream work. It was dream work for creatives was the name of the podcast when it began its first season. That was what it was called. Mm -hmm. And I had started this path of, of really encouraging people to engage in dream work, to, to go into our dreams and really Name what's happening inside of them and, and keep track.
0: And yeah. when you say dreams, is night dreams. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Night yeah. dreams. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: there's a lot of relationship between the dreams we have about how we envision our future right. and the ones, but I really put the focus on like mm-hmm. the union idea of like going to sleep, having a dream, waking up and, and defining what happened and um, developing a relationship to it. And not being dogmatic about it, actually, because we've been talking about dogma a lot today, and I really want to bring that into this as well. So I demonstrated in the early days of my podcast my ability to help people interpret their own journal and interpret their own dreams. But right around that same time, I started to see that there was a bigger conversation that needed to be had. And I had just moved abroad. I had just moved to Ireland from the States, and I was very alone. As I mentioned before, and it was a way to stay connected to my spiritual community that I left behind, that I wanted to stay attached to, engaged with. Um, and so I interviewed a lot of my own spiritual teachers. I interviewed Mm -hmm. a lot of my spiritual colleagues, and allowed them to just speak their wisdom into the space, and allow that to kind of just be something. Really, when I say that creativity is just you know, for the audience of one, which is something that I keep saying over and over again, it's really something I was just doing for myself. Um, I thought, hey, if anybody listens to this, great. They'll get something from it even better. But I want to record these conversations for posterity on the cloud so that mm-hmm. I can access them if my laptop gets stolen or or my phone or replace my phone or whatever. And I thought, why not make it a podcast? Why not open it up to the world? These conversations I am so lucky to have all the time. Mm. And that's how, that's how that came about. And so from the podcast has emerged and with seminary, that's part of it too. Um, just this whole idea of producing media. So I just released a couple books from with this per- creativity and spirituality, um, under that banner. Um, Fantastic. one of them, is the dream journal. So very much tied into how the podcast had its origins. So to fill in the bank journal, just re- get up from your, from your sleep, write it down in this really easy, quick method. And it's a three months worth of, or more of, of that. And then the other thing I just released is the devotion journal, which is the process of self-love that I personally underwent and have personally seen other people go through to make it last, to make the devotion to the true inner self be lasting and, um, and enduring for people Mm. rather than just something we feel and that we lose and that we have to find again. Mm. So that particular journey, um, is also a journal, but a very specifically prompted journal that asks you on a daily basis to go into a new inquiry and it's 28 days long. So that's what it's all kind of turned into. It's, it's a ministry, it's a podcast and now a publisher. And I can't believe I'm even saying that
0: a publishing,
1: a a publishing outfit, which so far I'm the only author, but I'd like to see that change.
0: (laughs) How freaking epic. Oh, I love that. I love that. Tell us more about, your um your own experience or your own perception, perspective on creativity is spirituality. Mm, Why do mm. you feel that is true for you? This whole journey
1: began because I was interested in opening as my own business, something called a rage room. I wanted to open up a space where people could go in with protective equipment and break things. It's not a business I came up with. It's something that's out there. It's something that right. already existed. And I heard about it and I said, I want to do that. And then I started to like really get my own way about it. Like, God, when somebody gets hurt, oh my God, the entrance is probably going to be a nightmare. I'm probably going to have to do this underground. Like all these different questions started emerging in my head. And then I heard about this woman, Melissa, who I mentioned before, who was basically doing the same thing with paint. And I'm like, Mm. well, you can't really get hurt with pain if it's non-toxic. And it is, it's non-toxic. So I took a month uh, of training. Well, not training with her, but just like experience. I, I signed up for a month like experience with her on a weekly basis. I was throwing paint and screaming and letting out all of my emotions onto a canvas on the wall and then burning it at the end of the day. It was so fantastic. And at the end of that journey, she came to me and she goes, you seem like you're really getting a lot out of this. Would you like to be trained on the method so that you can offer this to other people and Mm. make it a business? And I was just, it was a hell yes. It was an Mm. absolute heck yeah. So I signed up for a year long training process with that. And I met like my classmates in that process are still some of my closest friends uh, definitely enjoy and love both of them. And, um, at the end of it, like the very end of that training, I moved to Ireland like a week later. And none of that was even like the whole move to Ireland, which is uh, moving to Europe has always been a dream of mine, as well as my husband's, he's a European citizen, but he never lived here. So he'd always wanted to move back. Um, that only emerged from that process of, of, Mm of creative alchemy is what it's called. And, and then I started to see that through my, through my classmates in that process, that there were other modalities out there, other creative modalities. And I really started to see that creativity was the first time I'd ever really creatively expressing with no, uh, like no vision of like how I want it to be perceived by anyone else. At all. Not even Melissa. She didn't look at what I was doing. Like She just wanted to burn it at the end of the day. Right. (laughs) And she was in her own process. So it wasn't a performance for anybody. It was only just expression, mere expression with no outcome, with no outcome in mind, except just expressing and getting it expressed, getting the emotions out in front of me where I could look at them and get messy in them. And that was when I started to realize this is the real first, really the first time I've ever experienced the presence of, of God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I've read some amazing books and I have gone to some amazing teachers and I had some really great experiences growing up in church, actually, but I didn't feel divine energy moving through me until I started to connect creativity with the expression of my emotions. Mm. That's when it really mattered, and that's when it became. It became prayer. Creativity and prayer are the same thing for me. My art and my prayer are the same. They are one and the same. Yes. 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 <laughs> and I can take anything into that prayer. I can take my complete and utter anger at at the injustice of it all, or yeah. I can take my my overwhelming all stricken gratitude into that process Mm. it's all welcome and it hurts no one and it heals me and then for
0: and therefore i I think it heals everyone
1: oh (laughs) gosh yes so i'm out to spread the message i'm out to share the story i'm out to spread the word
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. wow i had never heard about that particular um technique or way of expressing and it feels like it feels like a hell yes in my belly I'm like whoa that is I mean I've done it myself but I can imagine that if you are in a space also with like other people in the same energy now
1: that we're all emerging from lockdown I envision and I know I know Christina envisions the potential for there to be some space for us to create this for people again I was able to do that Back in Texas, where I'm from, I was able to create a lot of opportunities for people to throw paint. I haven't been able to do that in Ireland quite yet, but I, I'm seeing it emerge. I'm seeing the possibility come back to, to me here in Europe and I'm excited about it.
0: So we're going to Ireland. To <laughs> yeah. the Everyone here is. Here is the in. o-
1: official <laughs> invitation. So stay tuned because we're going to make this happen
0: definitely definitely what else if anything you want to share with people of anything that you're offering or anything that is out there for them to come by and Enter your beautiful world, you know, like, um, as I said before, like I'm also new, we were introduced by our dear friend, Christy. It feels like a bridge. And at the same time we've spent, I don't know, an hour today. And it feels like, like, yes, like <laughs> we, we've, we found each other. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. It feels amazing. Well, thank you for asking that besides the two books that I just released. Um, there's the always open evergreen opportunity to work with me as a spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I meet people face-to-face is uh, it has powerful transformative capabilities and possibilities for the people that I work with. And that can involve um, something very, very basic and simple is just us having a conversation. And a lot of that is, just, like I said before, it's just listening. Mm-hmm. I listen to you process this and I The only time I really speak up is to ask a question for understanding, or if it's to simply make sure that, um, we're not letting the ego into the conversation too much. Like we're letting, we're letting our true self stay in charge of them, of the narrative. And we, and I ask and I invite the people that I counsel to question whatever the ego brings to the narrative. The ego has an important role to play. We can't silence it completely, but we, we are a duty bound to question it in counseling. So I really want to invite anybody listening to this to, to approach me with that, because it's something that I keep very low cost mm-hmm. for that reason, because people need it. Mm. The, and then we can do, uh, I can take people through creative alchemy as a process. Um, we can do other creative creativity, healing modalities as well. Cause I've been trained on quite a few others. Um, aside from the one that brought me here. <laughs> um, but that is, you know, that always involves a little bit more, um, more of an investment and definitely more equipment. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it takes a lot of bait yeah. um, that I could I, I tend not to do that over uh, online. Like I can do with counseling. Cause I'll do counseling mostly online, but I can also mm-hmm. meet with people who are local to me here in the Conmel, Dungarvin, um, South Tipperary, West Waterford area in Ireland. But um, also just on Zoom for anybody that can set an appointment um, on my Calendly. Um, But we can do the creative stuff online, but it's always my preference to do it in person. So if you find that you're going to be in Ireland or if Ireland is very accessible to you um, or you have the funds to fly me out to your uh, headquarters, to your retreat that you're hosting, um, that is something I'm always eager to put together. And I mm. can uh, assemble assemble all the parts and pieces for that, and um, issue a quote if anybody's interested because it's um, <laughs> super powerful and super transformative, and just really you get so more so much more out of it than you think you will. Like, and and I knew going into it like this is going to feel really good, mm. and I didn't realize it would lead to a complete and utter spiritual upheaval for me like it did mm. and it changed it changed my life it That's changed epic.
0: my life yeah Oh, uh, where can people get your books
1: on my website uh awesome. creativity is spirituality.com and oh. it will take you to, for the time being it will take you off to the publisher like the the co publisher the um that i'm using it's called lulu it'll take you over to that platform mm-hmm. you can purchase the books but there's an easy portal through my website uh, creativity is spirituality.com you can find both the books and a place to
0: set uh, an appointment with me I make it super easy yeah sweet all the links are going to be in the description and if you're looking for a sweet present up in the holiday days for someone that you love that is into these things go and support April because these is the kind of things that are worth uh, circulating our money around it's so freaking cool to support each other in that process and give someone that you know give someone a gift that has been touched like you know by a close heart you know like you know the heart that, that produced that created that thing and then you give that away so so sweet thank you for saying that <sighs> ah you're means so welcome lot. means a lot mm. is there anything that you wish i would have asked you and i didn't mm. or a pending subject that is, feels alive in you and you just want to riff on it Mm,
1: Yeah, I got something sticking in my crock. Can I go there?
0: Let's go there. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, you and I are friends on social media, and that has been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing for me in a lot of ways. But a lot of ways, social media at large has been kind of detrimental to Mm -hmm. humanity. And Mm -hmm. we have to constantly be mindful of this. And one trend that I'm seeing in the spiritual space right now is this trend of, like villainizing and demonizing other people. And then specifically this discourse around like narcissism. (laughs) And I think that's kind of a great first step for people to realize like the ways that they've been hurt. If they feel that this sort of thing has been normalized in their lives and this sort of behavior is normal. They need to understand it's not normal. They need to understand that it's not acceptable and it's a great place to start to start setting boundaries. But I think the discourse around it is starting to become very non-spiritual and very egoic, like many things on social media. So I'm kind of on a personal mission right now to in- encourage people to engage in the process of self-discovery without exterior judgment. And and without self-judgment too, but to take that lesson that you learn and not to go down a wormhole with it, not to start watching videos about it all the time, about how this person harmed you and start getting into this hero, victim, villain triangle mm-hmm. that is so prolific around any ego story. Like I was the victim here. I was the hero because I saved this person or, or they're making me out to be the villain or I'm making them out to be the villain. That's how we know we're getting into the ego story. I invite people to really dig deep into their own story, to their own inner selves and go into the process of self-discovery and emerge from whatever social media is trying to do about like telling you that somebody's evil or telling you that somebody's bad. And conversely, if you're like somebody who's starting to see that sort of thing, starting to think that you're evil or you're bad, or you're starting to feel a lot of shame, go into the inquiry, go into the self, find the love find the love that exists, by all means, set boundaries, by all means, have rules to protect yourself. And what's great about spirituality is that you can learn some really amazing tools on how to protect yourself and how to set boundaries. So I really just want to get people into that inquiry and really get into the process of self-discovery because the only way we're going to heal the collective problems of things like narcissism is by people healing it from within and they say it can't be done but I'm here to tell you miracles happen all the time
0: Mm. Mm. we can heal it from within I love that you're bringing this social media analogy and I just want to add my three cents to what you're saying do it (laughs) there's a reason why there's an unfollow button mm-hmm. there is <laughs> and i think sometimes it's very easy to get like caught up in the in the very physical tangible dynamics but if we take a step back and we see social media as an interaction of energy that's what it's happening mm-hmm. it's a freaking intense like boiling pot of interaction of energy and where yes. everyone gets to you know contribute um in one way or another in you know, in whatever side of the spectrum to the pot, right? Right. And one of the things that I've been doing lately, and this has been very intuitively, I just felt the call of like, unfollow. Yeah. Unfollow. And you know, the thing is like, you hit that button and yes, it's just a button and you're sort of like, I feel like the real energetic thing that you're doing from that space is that you are unplugging your energy from it. Yes, absolutely. You're choosing to not feed that anymore. And of course, obviously, this can be, you know, we can extrapolate this and this can become, become problematic and the ego can get involved in this too. Uh, I trust in my audience's nuance, understanding of what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's a conversation that it's driving a lot of your energy into a place where you feel it's not feeding the conversation you want to be feeding. Mm-hmm peace out, unsubscribe, like no one needs (laughs) your explanation. And, you know, I I would even dare to suggest simply unfollow the people that you follow the most. You know, those like spiritual teachers that you think that everything that they say is the holy truth. Just try for a week, for a week, unfollow them and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the truth is, if, you, if they come back to your mind, if, like, let's say, after a week, you're like, hmm, I wonder, like, what's new from this person, <laughs> mm-hmm. you go and follow
1: them again. Oh, my God. That's, like, me and Marianne Williamson's Instagram profile in a nutshell. I have done that so many times. Right? Just, like, okay, I need to... <laughs> I need a break. I need some space. I need a little space here. Yeah. yeah I, I, and, and same for platforms too, because there are platforms that I find after I move away from that platform and go do, go about my day, go make dinner or whatever. I'm thinking about what I saw on that platform and I'm like, wow, that was really enriching. That was really, empowering. And I feel mm-hmm. good after using that platform. I won't say which, cause I'm not endorsing any, any of them actually, <laughs> but then there are other platforms that I spend two minutes on them and I feel awful. I feel yeah. so gross. And I won't say which ones those are, but for everybody it's different. You can also log out of a platform for the same reasons you would hit unfollow. It's, it's, it's like a big unfollow. It's the big unfollow when you do it, yeah. but take, you know, take an inventory of your body and how it feels when you are taking in content and this is one of the many reasons that I am so emphatic around subconscious integration and that, you know, one of the many things you could do to do that is as work mm-hmm. is because these, these spaces are taking our subconscious completely by storm and we have to reclaim our subconscious for ourselves and let yeah. it be our tool for our own selves yeah. to connect us with other people on a very... Mm-hmm very
0: deep level. Mm. Thank you for bringing this up. It's a, Mm. it's a really, really important conversation to keep having, you know, this is not a conversation that we just have once and we park it because guess what? We live in, we live in that world. We interact with that world. I believe that there's beauty, like shimmering beauty in social media. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. I wouldn't have known Christy if it wasn't for it.
1: I've gotten so some of the best "I love yous" and the best <laughs> "I'm sorry's and the best "forgive me," you know, "for I forgive yous" from social media, and those to mm-hmm. me are the most the most gigantic miracles of all. Wouldn't yeah. happen without Facebook or Instagram, or Instagram or LinkedIn, even. Right, <laughs>
0: and bear with that is a massive increase in our own energy mastery. That's what I feel mm-hmm. like. If it we is. are. If we are willing to have a platform like that, that it's constantly feeding us information, let's let's put it like that, very neutral. It's information in so all sorts of directions. Mm-hmm. How are we filtering that information to be able to, yeah, to hold ourselves and to hold the thing in the right dimension, in the right proportion, in the right relationship, mm-hmm. that it feels nourishing rather than parasitic. <laughs> Right,
1: uh, right. Nourishing. Uh, is this nourishing me? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Your body knows. Yes, your body, yes, your body knows. knows.
0: And then the thing. I Thank you for mentioning this because I feel also like what what nurtured you today is not the thing that is going to nurture you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can you always know, change. Always changes. It always changes. You go, you unfollow, and then maybe in a month from now you remember, and then you go follow again, and then maybe there's something nice that you can you know delight yourself with yeah mm. thank you big big world out there yes yes big Experience. universe yeah <laughs> it's huge it's <laughs> infinite it's endless <laughs> ah thank you so much for being here for sharing your beautiful beautiful journey your i really really felt there was a moment where you were talking like preaching in the best way and i so oh. celebrate that um it's a beauty to just get to know you better and to have you here. And this is a place where you can always come and share with us your beautiful wisdom.
1: Thank you so much. I feel very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It was an absolute Mm. pleasure. Mm. Mm,
0: mm, mm. And for you listening, we leave you and love you and we will, or not we, I, (laughs) I will see you on the next episode. (laughs) Bye. Have a really good day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I trust that if you're here, there was something you could take further along with you on your journey. If you think that this may serve someone you love, please share this episode. And if you want more of the medicine that I have to offer, come to nourishingwitch.com and there you will find all my current offerings. And if you happen to be on Instagram, come and join me at Nourishing Witch and let's make some magic. Big, big love.